people, good morning, good evening. It is such a pleasure to be here on a TEDx stage. This has been one of my biggest accomplishments and one of the biggest things I've ever wanted to do in my life. But you know what? Without further ado, I want you guys to just get relaxed for me. Close your eyes. Yes, close your eyes. I'm going to take you on a journey. I'm going to take you on an Arsenio journey. Put your knees, of course, on your knees. Palms up. Get Have some deep inhales. Exhales. Inhales. Exhales. I'm going to take you on a journey. Right now, I'm going to pave the environment right now. It's 8 p.m. Dusk has set in. Everyone is, of course, walking up and down the street. There's an arcade of shops around. Cars driving, motorbikes going by. You glance over at a table. It's a table of women. Let's just say there's five women. For the women who are in the audience right now and the people who are listening around the world, there are five men. It does not matter. But there are five human beings sitting at a table on this particular night. You look at them, they look at you, they all rise up, and they all squander like roaches when a light comes on, and you don't make anything of it until, of course, you pass by that particular table as you continue walking up the pavement, only for you to just look back and realize that, hey, they've all come back to sit down, and then when you look in the eyes of them, they give you some of the dirtiest Looks you could ever imagine that any human being has ever given you. Welcome to my life in Thailand. Open your eyes. A lot of you are saying, damn. A lot of you are saying, oh shit, I understand. I know. That's the first thing I said when I was living in this particular province. See, after my work and holiday visa, people, this is how I'm going to break this down. I'm going to break down this story into increments. So prepare yourself. But I went to Thailand, and Thailand delivered one of the most beautiful, scenic moments of my life. I remember I was standing atop a gorgeous hill, lush green vegetation, clouds running through the hills, just the feeling of awe, the feeling of bliss, turquoise waters down below, sipping on a Sam Adams, and I told myself, I said, I am in bliss right now I am content right now and from that moment that particular May day May 28th of 2012 I told myself I'm coming back to Thailand to live one year later as I promised myself I came back to Thailand to live and then things started happening to me now of course a lot of you have heard The stories about, yes, Thailand being the land of smiles, Thailand being this, Thailand being that. I had no idea that I was going to be in the fight of my life. I was going to be fighting for everything in terms of my emotional warfare, psychological warfare, mental warfare. I had no idea that I was heading and approaching a series of events. That would have taken a toll on me emotionally and changed the trajectory of my life. There was one moment in this particular province in the southeast of Thailand. I went out with a colleague. Colleague, of course, being Anglo-Irishman. We went out and we sat down at a restaurant and people 
continued to come up to him and take pictures of him. And after they took picture of him, I said, okay, they're going to take a picture of me. They looked at me and they looked at me like I was a specimen from another planet. This went on for about an hour and a half. And by the time the hour and 15 mark came, I started to cry. I had tears going down my face. And of course, the teacher, all he said was like, hey, but don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. And I said, you have no idea how it feels to be dehumanized by other people. That night, I went home and I slammed my arms on my bed. And I'm reliving these feelings, so you're probably going to hear my voice shaking. And I, I wept. I wept like, oh, no, oh, like no other. I had no idea what was happening to me on that specific, at that specific moment, on that particular night in Southeast Thailand. I slammed my arms on the bed. I wept and I said, why me? What did I do? What did I do to deserve that? And so it began. Everywhere I went, these particular teachers were shown more love. I wasn't. When I came to my boss, she told me, quote, Arsenio, we're going to pay you $66 less because you are black. We have to pay the white teachers more. She said that to me. First job in Thailand. And you know what? After a while, I said, you know what? I'm going to break off these chains. I'm going to head to the other province because they are offering 60% more salary. And I told myself, hey, it can't be as bad as this, right? Oh, no, 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 no. Because that visualization process, it came from that, pros that province. And you know what? The comments such as you, black man, teacher, you're black, teacher, Ebola, because of course the Ebola outbreak happened of course, in Sierra Leone in the Western African states. And they would, told, they would call me Ebola. They would call me monkey. They would call me some of the most disgusting, unrelenting remarks that you can imagine. And I had no idea. And, and this is when I started figuring it out. This is when I started saying maybe Thailand is just not all what it was made out to be. And so... For that entire year, I dealt with that verbal abuse. I did. And I continued on with my journey by saying to myself, you know what? I'm going to apply for 60 jobs this morning, which I did, and I only got two responses. I actually got about four other responses, and you know what they asked me? They said, do you have a picture? They didn't say, dear sir. They didn't say, dear Arsenio Buck. They didn't say, dear sir, madam. What? It doesn't matter. They said, do you have a picture? I sent them my picture. They went away, and they never came back. Now, you could call it what you want, but we know exactly what's happening. Leading up to one of the most life-changing months of my life, October 2014. This was a month where, as I had thoughts go through my mind that I never had before in my life. Here I am sitting in back of a taxi in this taxi Literally going around in circles trying to rake up the meter. And at that particular moment, my eyes begin, well, I guess began to tear. And when they did, I went to my phone, went to my contact list. I messaged my best friend Andre in New York. 
and I sent him a paragraph, a paragraph that was so frightening and terrifying to him that he immediately sent me a response and he said, what the hell are you talking about? People love you. We love you back home. Why don't you just come back? He hurried up and ran over to my mom. And he told my mom and he told, of course, my mother the situation and what I was saying. And he even sent her the message. And this message scared the hell out of him, my mother, and everyone else that had saw it at the time. Because I felt like I have reached my breaking point. I've reached a point to whereas I allowed the suggestions and the impressions and the perceptions and everything else of such a society to overwhelm me to the point that I was going to drive myself to a place that I would never come back out of. But at that particular moment, I started saying to myself, what is it? What is it? I started asking myself these questions and these and of course, the emergence of the answers began to come. I was like, what am I going through? Is this, am I doing this to myself? Is complaining over and over, of course, of racial injustice, such as what the African-Americans and Africans and so many different people of so many different tribes and nationalities and cultures have gone through over the last 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 years? Is this supposed to be part of my story? What am I doing? And that was the most life-changing month because then I was... I got a job in that particular job. I remember in that particular interview, this particular individual said, Arsenio, and the first question was, how does it feel being an African-American in Thailand? I said, listen, I've been through the trials. I've been through the tribulations, but nothing can stop me. And he said, you know what? I admire that, and I'm going to bring you in. But just know we have some of that here. And I said, nothing cannot stop the will of Arsenio. And so then going forward, there were still some times that I would just go on those little dark paths, but I would find my way out. And next thing you know, there was one particular night in 2015, it was right around May, that I came across a woman by the name of Lisa Nichols. And here she was on the Steve Harvey show, and she was in tears. And I still remember her story, whereas she was talking about... Wrapping her son in a towel. She didn't have enough money for diapers for her particular son. Or that particular son, obviously. And she said, you know what? And she made a promise to him, Jaylani. She said, Jaylani, don't worry. Mommy is never going to be this broke again. And she said that to Steve Harvey in the audience. And the tens of thousands watching around the United States and possibly even the world. Because that particular individual, that son, Jaylani, did not choose. He didn't have a choice to be brought up into such chaos. And at that moment, I shifted. Something was embedded. A seed was planted within my mind. And next thing you know, she talked about a man named Les Brown. And then I came across some of Les Brown's videos, audios, and stuff. So many different motivational videos all across YouTube. And then it began to change. That change began to set in and of course just four years prior when I first started off in Thailand came across Bob Proctor and he preached about paradigms paradigms changing the mental faculties and habits and you know trying to unlearn and relearn again and all these things and I said okay I'm gonna start doing this wrote down 101 goals of course by Jack Canfield and I started doing things but it wasn't till a botched trip to whereas I was supposed to go to Singapore with a friend and things went down and I said, oh, to hell with this. 
I am no longer going to go to Singapore. And at that given moment, something told me, bookstore. And so at the end of 2015, when I left everything in the dust, all that racism began to subside. There was only a little bit lingering into 2016. Why? Because I was no longer focusing, well, focusing on the thought of, of course, being racially discriminated against. And then I came across Napoleon Hill's Law of Success, establishing a definite chief aim, establishing more self-confidence, bringing that self-confidence back, instilling it, reinstilling it back within myself. And then later on, of course, in April of 2016, I went to Vietnam and here I was standing in the Remnants War Museum of Ho Chi Minh City and seeing the abominable hell that 1.5 million civilians had to go through and lost their lives to. And I told myself, I asked myself, I said, how bad is life for me? And I swear, it was principle number five of Jack Canfield's book. And he said, believe in yourself. That belief, I got back. There were still times that I still had to go through those trials, those tribulations. But leading all the way through, I was able to travel to this place and travel to this, this place and gain new insight, gain new revelation. And I told myself, I said, okay, what am I going to do going forward with my life? Okay, Arsenio, you need to establish a definite chief aim. And there was a particular teacher that said, Arsenio, you need to utilize all your skills, all of them, create a podcast. And I said, a podcast? Why? He said, you have a story to tell. That story is so remarkable, and it will resonate within millions of people around the world over the course of you don't know how many years. But please, Arsenio, start a podcast. I said, what am I supposed to talk about? He said, you will figure it out. That I cannot tell you, but you will figure it out. And so I did. And you know what? After 100 countries listening to me around the world, I cannot believe what I have been able to establish in terms of reinstilling that. How was I able to take something so dark in terms of racial discrimination? Oh, the you, the black man, the low class, the pimp, the black people are the worst of them all. The Nigerian, you're a disgusting scammer. You're a disgusting specimen from a country where it should not be accepted within humanity. That's what they said to me. For so long. But how was I able to revert that, reverse that, reverse engineer my mind and tell everyone that, hey, this is your story, Arsenio. And this is your story for all of you who are sitting in the audience right now. Everything that you have gone through, this is such a remarkable story. And this relates to success because success is all about the journey. I had no idea. What my purpose was when I first came to Thailand. My purpose was, hey, come to Thailand and be happy. And you know what? I got just that. Reversed. I was unhappy. But then I realized maybe it's all in the mind. Maybe it's all psychological warfare. And I'm putting myself through these things that seemingly just keep coming back in hurts. And it wasn't until I said, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm no longer going to speak about this. I'm no longer going to speak about the racial injustices I've endured over the course of four years. And I'm just going to love and basically implement within my mind and plant a seed saying, you know what, Arsenio, you are a magnificent being. You are handsome. You are 
a god of the universe in terms of, hey, you know what, physical, physique, and what I give back to the people of humanity. I have to say thank you, Thailand, for showing me that unbelievable, the unbelievable amount of sacrifice I had to endure over the course of four years. There was no one along there with me on this dark journey. It was basically, you know, I was in a hallway. There were no doors. All the doors were locked. And at the end of the hallway, you could see a small, small, small light. And you know what? In 2014, October 2014, it felt like that light was microscopic. It felt like I was there and I was in quicksand and there was no way that I was going to get out of the mess I was in. And now, as I stand in front of all of you today, telling you guys that in that hallway, if you could just take a step forward each way, and sometimes you're going to go right, sometimes you're going to veer off to the left, sometimes things are going to be yanking on you and holding you in your feet, but the goal is to get to the end of the tunnel, and that light began to get bigger and bigger and bigger, and boom, today, here I am on stage doing what I've always wanted to do, telling a story that could inspire thousands upon tens of thousands upon a hundred or hundreds of thousands around the world. Why? Because that's what Thailand was supposed to do for me. My story here and what I'm giving you guys today is don't give up. That story you have, please tell the world your story. Because the last thing Les Brown always said, he said, if you go to the cemetery, those are all the lives of the people who were not able to tell them stories. All the ideas and everything within that cemetery, it didn't come into fruition. Don't be that person. Show the world who you are. And when you open your mouth, tell them who you are. Thank you very much, people.